This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get the chance to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders on the planet. On today's episode, I'm pleased to be joined by the president of Liberty's Global Transaction Solution Group, Rowan Banford. Welcome to the show, Rowan. Thanks, Nick. I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Rowan. It's a pleasure to have you on today. And I'm really looking forward to finding out about your career and also the work that you're doing there in that specialist market with Liberty. So, Rowan, before we move into the main body of the question, can I just ask you to give our listeners a bit more of an insight into the GTS division at Liberty and the work that you guys do there? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Nick. So GTS is a global business within within Liberty, and we write a suite of M&A insurance products. So the most common one people will have heard of is reps and warranties policies. So we cover the, the warranties given on the sale of a, a, a business in an M&A transaction. Yeah. Uh, we also offer specific tax insurance policies where we effectively buy tax liabilities off a party, again, usually in and around an M&A transaction. And then, and then the third product that we offer, um, we call legal legal contingency which is um, really any risk, again, usually around an M&A transaction, but not, not necessarily, which requires some form of kind of legal, legal analysis and around which the, the parties, the buyer and the seller can't agree as to how big the exposure being, uh, the exposure is. So it quite often is a, you know, it could be a planning dispute, could be a, a dispute around, we've had ones on Native American land law, how that would apply to an M&A transaction. It could be really anything, anything and everything. And I know that the the size of the deals, those transactions you're working on are usually international or global in nature. So if you mm. give our listeners a bit of a, an understanding to the size of the team that you have and the, the types of deals that you guys work on. Yeah, sure. So the team is, is 70 plus people, of which we've got about 55 underwriters. They're spread out over eight countries and 11 cities. Half of our book is US domicile business and the other half non-domiciled. We're split regionally between APAC, EMEA and London. And the, yeah. the book size is in around $300 million. And, and most of the transactions that we do are cross-border. So we would have two different teams working on most of the transactions that we we run. Fantastic. And I know that like most M&A underwriters or, or, or people within the MA underwriting space you started your career as a as a corporate lawyer how did you find that initial transition from the legal world moving into MA insurance transactions I, I loved it and I took to it pretty quickly the big difference for me and the kind of the driver for getting into the industry was um you know I really love the entrepreneurial nature of of the insurance market and I found that was wasn't present for me certainly at the stage I was at in my legal career and I found that you know given a lot of responsibility in the insurance world very very early on you know that really attracted me and I think it's the same that's the case for for most of the guys that we hire we look for that kind of twinkle in their eye that 
they want that kind of entrepreneurial responsibility. Yeah, it's certainly much more of a meritocracy rather than some of the ladders they have to climb in private practice. Do you see there's a good opportunity at the moment with the market, the way the way that things are in the world, that a lot of people consider moving from from private practice over into M&A underwriting? Yeah, I mean, look, it's funny times, isn't it? And I think any any period of turmoil, people reevaluate and think about their their careers. And we, you know, we've certainly hired a few people in the last six months during lockdown who, for that very reason, they've reevaluated what they want from their their careers and have decided that you know, law isn't for them and insurance sounds like an in- interesting option. So I, I definitely think think that's the case. And it's our market is is very buoyant at the moment. So we're looking to expand. So hopefully we can persuade others to to come and join join the industry. Great. Thank you, Rowan. I know that you, you have a great offering there at Liberty GTS. Rowan, thank you so much for that that insight. I think it's great for our listeners to get a bit of an insight into your background and the business before we go into the, the main body of our questions today. So as we start, can I ask you, what is your go-to coffee of choice in the morning? Very boring, Nick. It's just a simple, simple long black with with hot milk on the side. I wish I had something more interesting to <laughs> That's fine. A standard coffee is absolutely no problem. Rowan, what do you personally do on a daily basis that helps set you up for a successful day? My days are pretty fulsome and they're pretty pretty varied given the nature of the team that that I run. So, you know, no two days are the same. So I try and keep the mornings as consistent as possible. And I try and get up early before before the kids wake up. And I if I can and I'm not hungover, et cetera, et cetera. I'll try and get on my Peloton bike and do half an hour or 45 minutes on that. Um, and then I have the the honor and privilege of dropping my kids at school, which is actually a really nice thing. It gives me half an hour with them in the car on the way there just to catch up with them. And then half an hour on the way back where I can catch up with calls, usually with our, our Asia team because of the time difference. Yeah. And then when I get back, I'm really just about, giving myself half an hour just to read the newspaper or go on BBC News and just see what's happened happened overnight. Especially the last couple of days, there's been plenty plenty going on to keep me occupied. Yeah, it certainly has. Certainly has. It sounds like a great morning routine to get that exercise in, get get that important time in with your kids and then obviously be able to, to interact with Asia first thing before you've even really sort of started your day. So that's great. Rome, we understand that in order to be successful as an insurance business leader, there's often some adversity to overcome along the way. So as well as asking you what's been your biggest achievement so far in your career, what's also been your largest setback? And how did you turn that situation around? So you know, my, my biggest achievement was being being given the opportunity by, by Ironshore, which was later acquired by, by Liberty, to, to build out and run a, a global business set up in all the different countries that we have so that that was a great opportunity for me and i'm proud of what we've done so far the largest setback i think is, is also related to that in that the in the infancy of building out that team we did lose the entire us business in a, in a team move and that was a that was a significant setback in terms of our business plan and um what our, our plans were for the future for the us business and i think what what we what I learned from that situation in terms of turning it around and how to deal with with the future is not to panic. And I was given advice, you know, don't don't panic, take your time, um, accept that you'll take the the top line hit in the in the short term, 
but to take your time and make sure you rehire correctly. So I spent a lot of time physically in the US involved in the in the hiring process and making sure that we we hired the right people culturally and, and intellectually. And you know, as a result, that team has been been very stable ever since and is our strongest driver of growth and income in the business. Fantastic. So that situation's been turned around completely 360. Thank you, Rowan. Rowan, we know that you moved from private practice corporate lawyer into the insurance industry, but when was it that it all sort of clicked into place and you realised you could be successful in the insurance industry? The, the, Eureka, the Eureka moment of sort of getting out of the law was one windy cold night, three o'clock in the morning, sitting in an empty office, banging my head against the computer screen, trying to get the printer to work with a pregnant wife at home saying, you know, when are you going to be back? And I thought, well, I don't, I can't see myself doing this for the next 10 years. Mm. So scratch my head. And like many of these things, like many of these things do, by chance, an opportunity came up to be seconded to a Lloyd syndicate to help them out over a Christmas period, right? Analyzing M&A risks for them. And, you know, really, really enjoyed that period of my career loved the characters that were in the insurance market the vibe around Leadenhall Street and was lucky enough to be given an, an opportunity to stay on and decided that I would take it and I saw very very clearly from that so common experience as you mentioned earlier the sort of meritocracy in in the industry that if I was good at it and, and I backed myself to be so that you know I could rise through the ranks much quicker than I could at a law firm so, you know, thankfully, touch wood, it's, wor- it's worked out to date. Fantastic. And I think that's a really inspiring story for any uh, junior in M&A underwriters or any private practice lawyers listening to the show who are perhaps considering that move. Rowan, have you had a influential mentor or leader, someone you've worked with that you feel you've learned a lot from over the years? So I've been lucky in, in, in the insurance world to work with a number of very strong inspirational leaders that I'm sure I worked for Mark Wheeler and and Kevin Kelly and at Liberty for for Matthew Moore and and, and Dennis Langwell who are you know all you know very very good at their job and, and inspirational in the insurance setting the the person that I think that I would mention as a sort of the real inspiration for me goes back to when I was 16 17 doing summer jobs unfortunately your listeners can't see me so that, that this they won't appreciate the irony here, but I worked in in the fashion industry, and I worked for you know quite a, a well known designer called Joseph Tedgi, just as a shop assistant in one of his stores. And you know he was he was very famous, very successful, but but he would, without fault, every 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 day or every other day would come into the store, meticulously check. The, the shop floor check that the staff were dressed properly that their shoes were you know shoes were shine ties you know not out of place etc cetera, etc cetera. and he knew his product inside out mm. and I think what that taught me from an early stage is no matter how senior you get or well, perhaps it gets even more important the more senior you get not only do you need to know your your product inside out you need to be there to know your customer base, see them, you know, in action, interacting with that product, and also understanding that you're not just selling that product to, to the client, you're selling a, 
the whole experience, right? So it's the product, it's the way that it's sold, it's the way that the metaphorical shop floor looks. Yeah. So I think taking that forward in my legal career and then into the into insurance, you know, I think that's something we instill within our guys, in our team, is that you must know, you must be your product, the product expert, you must be the client expert, and then you must be really cognizant of the fact that the way that you marry those two together, the way you sell that product to the client and the experience that they have with us at Liberty, you know, going through that journey of purchasing that product is is really important because that's what they're kind of they're buying into. So I would say it was probably Joseph. That's a great life lesson. And it's so interesting to pick that up at a young age and, and to take forward with you throughout your career. Thanks for that, Rowan. Rowan, I'd now like to ask you to look forward over the next couple of years. And if you could maybe describe to the listeners how you think the insurance industry will develop and what you think insurance business leaders should be doing to be successful in these times. Yeah, so it's something I've given, obviously given a lot of thought, thought to, Nick. And you know, everyone is talking about the use of data, the use of AI, data-driven solutions. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a given, right? That's really important. The whole world is getting increasingly smaller from a sort of business point of view. And we've seen that in lockdown with the use of Skype. You know, we're as connected with our US colleagues as we are with our Singaporean and, and, and French colleagues. Everything's becoming more, more global. So I think, you know, we're more cognizant than we ever have been of sort of the way that we collaborate with each other globally. And the way we think our think about our clients globally, and at Liberty we use the you know the the term whole account whole account solutions. Thinking about you know how can we give the client the best experience across all the different lines of business. So to get there, you need to get your people within your organisation working together and collaborating and sharing information. And you could you know you can't do that simply through data and, and IT solutions. So I think the, the business leaders of tomorrow to get successful outcomes, you know, they have to be like, you know, like good football managers, if you like, you've got to get these people working together and each person will have different different motivations and there'll be different strings you need to pull to get them going in the right direction. But I think that for me is kind of what I see my role as being in the next five to 10 years is getting all of our parts of our business working together for that common goal absolutely absolutely thank you Rowan it's now that time of the show where we've reached the espresso round as the questions are short sharp and straight to the point so can I ask you Rowan are you ready for the espresso round I am absolutely ready yeah brilliant brilliant the espresso round what is your favorite success quote it comes from the US president Harry S Truman it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit Fantastic. Fantastic. And is that something that you, you feel you sort of use within your leadership, your servant leadership there at, at Liberty? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, again, it goes to that whole theme of collaboration and not being siloed. And I think if we all pull for the common goal and we all buy into the global result rather than our own individual numbers and individual P&Ls, you know, we, we know from experience that we get a better overall result without the silos being created. So yeah, absolutely. It's hard, and we're all human, so we all we all stray from the path, but um, we we do try. Yeah, and what do you see as the number one thing holding insurance professionals back from being more successful than they are? Goes back to that that point, Nick. I mean, I think it's not going to be groundbreaking to say that quite a lot of egos in the insurance industry and people want to they want to be seen as being successful and, and superstars, and they want to 
create their own businesses within a business, which is which is great. But the ego must be sacrificed, for, I think, for for the for the greater good, or certainly should be in our in our team. So I think you know if we can get out of that that mindset of of small insular businesses run by individuals with large egos and work as teams, we will we will create better outcomes. Yeah, certainly, certainly. At Liberty, or specifically within the GTS team there, how do you drive forward the standards of the insurance industry? It starts with the hiring process. You know, who we bring on and bring into the industry is really important. And we, we're very strict about who we bring in. So our hiring process involves, uh, you know, a series of interviews, a series of tests, to make sure that you know you're academically up to it, then we check with you culturally up to um, fitting within within our team. So that's that's the onboarding process, and then constantly, and we were not historically good at this, and we've we've implemented a team actually within our within our group in the last eighteen months called the Underwriting Excellence Team, who are focused on providing the underwriters with better data, um, ensuring that that the way that we transact is more consistent across the globe. We have a formalized training programs keep people up to date with all the legal developments and insurance developments that are going on in our industry and we need to kind of we need to instill in these guys that the management backs them that they need to be fearless in expressing their their ideas and the kind of the mantra that that we talk about is this concept of loyal dissent yeah. that you know if you're if your heart is true and you're pure to Liberty GTS and you're saying things for the right motivation, the fact that you are, you know, you're disagreeing with me or your manager won't be held against you in any way and it'll be, it'll be encouraged. And I think that's the way we get better ideas because my sense is that the insurance industry, and it's not alone, there are lots of other industries that are like this. We've been doing things the way we've been doing things because that's the way things have been done in the past. And like we know, we're in a new world, everything's changing now. So, you know, sometimes the best ideas are coming from, our newest recruits who have the least experience. And that all links back to getting the right people in from the start so that you get those creative ideas and you know, those dissenting opinions are, are good quality and are worth listening to for the business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's like anything, right? If you don't have the good in, good ingredients, you can't make a you can't make a top class meal. So you've yeah. got to start with the right hires. Yeah, fantastic. And what do you do there to uh, further develop talent and give them opportunity to maximize their chances of success as insurance business leaders i think again it's very it's very similar to my previous answer in that you know if, if you're comfortable that they've got the, the talent then you've got to give them the space to express that yeah you've got to give them give them accountability and treat everyone like like adults and then again it goes i think it goes to, to ego that as senior leaders, we can't have egos to hold people back and not put their their good ideas up the chain because it may look less good on us for not having come up with that idea. We've got to accept that if the idea comes from our group, it looks good for the group and we all benefit from it. So I think, you know, it's it's all tied up tied up together. And I think if we think we think as a team and think, you know, what's the best outcome for the team, all these other things fall into place and you know people will be developed as a result going back to leaving that ego at the door and the meritocracy giving people the opportunity to come up with some ideas and 
and to really take their career down the path that they, that they want to achieve in. Rowan, interesting question. If, if you woke up tomorrow morning with all of the knowledge and experience that you've built up over the years, but for some reason your your business wasn't there, Liberty GTS wasn't there, how would you go about starting your career again and what steps would you take to, to rebuild things? So after I've done my Peloton and dropped the kids and read the newspaper, Nick, I would, um, <laughs> I would, I would sit down and I think, I think the, key, the key is, look, no... You've got to know your your skill set, know what you're good at. So I know that, you know, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at global, growing out a global business. Mm. But I also, and I won't share them with you, but I also know my limitations. I know what I'm not good at. And I know that those holes I need to plug. So you you need to get good people in that complement your skill set so that you've got every base base covered so I think that that is the most important important thing not to not sit there and fool yourself that it's all you and you can do it all on your own you inevitably won't be able to work out who 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 you can you know on that journey with is the most important the most important piece and you know I think once once you've got that right you know, you, you're you're sort of eighty percent of the way way there. Thank you, Rowan. Thank you. That's brilliant. We've almost reached the end of our time in the insurance coffee house today. Before we go there, can I ask you for your one piece of closing advice for our listeners and how would they go about contacting you after the show? Yeah, thanks. So I guess my one one piece of closing advice is is, is not to be not to be scared of change, whether that's in, in your career, which, which I've had made a significant change, as have all my all my team, or in in terms of the way that you run your business, and not to be scared just because your your boss boss has done it that way. Don't be scared to question whether that's the the right way. And if he's a good boss, he'll respect you for for challenging challenging him. And if he's not a good boss, well, then. And he doesn't like you, then perhaps he's not the right person to work for anyway. <laughs> yeah, certainly, certainly true. Thank you, Rowan. I think that's great advice. And how would the listeners go about reaching out to you after this? So I think, you know, all of us at GTS are very happy to be in contact with, with, with anyone that wants to know more about our business. And all of our details are on our, our web, website, libertygts.com. And you can click through and email or, or, or ring us. But um, please feel free free to do so if you've got any questions on on anything we've talked about thank you as ever rome will will post a link to to your website there so that people can reach out to you thank you so much for your time today rowan we've really enjoyed having you in the insurance coffee house i think it's been very insightful and it's been really interesting to hear about the opportunities that are there from people from a non-insurance background and and within specialty markets like MA underwriting but but particularly at a global level as well so thank you very much no thank you nick To all our insurance business leaders out there listening, whether you're based in the UK, the United States or across the world, we thank you for listening. And I'm sure you would have gained a lot of advice and a lot of learnings from Rowan today. If you did enjoy the show, please do leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast app and make sure that you subscribe and download the show so that you receive each of our episodes into your inbox each week. Till next time, I've been Nick Hoadley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House. 
Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.